morning. Good to see you today. We are so glad that you're here. And I tell you what, I'm excited to see that lobby fill up with backpacks, aren't you? Let's give God a hand. That's awesome. And we are excited to be able tomorrow to actually go deliver those backpacks to uh, the middle school. And so thank you so much. And if you haven't had time, you can go and grab the, uh, get your backpack if you forgot to bring it today and bring it tomorrow to the church before 10 o'clock. And we will have that and give that to them. So I want to uh, just let you know of that. Excited about a couple of things coming up. Don't forget, Don't Miss Sunday is coming up August 27th. We're going to have one service that day, and so you'll want to be here and be a part of that. And be thinking about who you can invite. Come and be a part of that that day. Um, someone that you know, um, if you invite them, will come. And so be praying about who that might be. And we're going to meet in the gym that day. And then the following week is Labor Day. And many of us are gone on Labor Day, so we're also going to have one service that day. And we're going to also have that in the gym. So for those two weeks, we'll be in the gym, and uh, we're going to also baptize that day on Labor Day. So be thinking about if that's something you're interested in, getting a hold of us for that. Um, Also, some exciting news. Adam has moved his family to Pittsburgh this weekend, so we're excited about that. And so as a result of him having to move this week, you're stuck with me today because he had to spend his week getting his family here. We're in the, we're in the middle of a series. This is week two called Circles. They matter more than you think. And we've been learning about that there's powerful things that happen when we circle up in relationships. Let's say that together. Powerful things happen when we circle up in relationships. Man, that is the truth. Um, if you're, you know, part of a team at work, sometimes when you circle up, an idea will take place that'll be something that you can implement. Sometimes around the dinner table, you'll have a memory uh, that takes place because you circle up. Other times, you're just dispensing love when you circle up. I want to be sharing at the end of the message about a flash mob we're going to do tonight to be able to circle up and show love. Um, but thinking about circling up today, I was... Uh, As you know, if you're a teacher, uh, we're getting ready to start school, and I know that's no fun to be reminded of that, but obviously that's happening, and for kids as well. And my wife is a teacher, and so this last week she's had to be up at the school getting her room ready, and and so uh, I'm kind of playing Mr. Mom at home, and that sometimes goes well and sometimes it doesn't, but bedtime doesn't go well for Luke when Mom's not home, and Whit was kind of a night night owl, and so she was working up late, and she said, hey, you're going to have to put you know, Luke to sleep because I'm not going to be there. And so I broke the news to Luke. I said, hey, bud, you got your dad tonight. And he immediately started just, okay, he was screaming. He was crying. uh, Of course, that made me feel good that he was crying like that. And uh, so I said, no, I said, Luke, you know, that's just the way it is. And so we went into the bedroom and and laid down. He's still crying. And I said, Luke, would it help if, you know, you want to watch like a something funny on you know, YouTube. And he's like, yeah, sure. So I went to America's Funniest Home Videos because our family likes to watch those sometimes. And uh, all of a sudden, Gracie got up because she got out of bed and wanted a drink of water. She heard commotion in our bedroom with the phone. And she goes, what's going on in here? I said, we're watching a funny video. She goes, well, scoot over. And so (laughs) she gets in bed. And so I'm in the middle and Luke's on one side and Grace is on the other side and we were watching these videos and 
one of the videos was just this kid who throws one of those airplanes and it comes back behind him and hits him in the back of the head. And I didn't really find it all that funny. And I don't know if Grace really did either. But Luke thought it was hysterical. And he went from just, you know, kind of being in a bad move, mood to having this belly laugh that just went on and on and just started, you know, just laughing from his stomach. And, you know, have you ever been around someone who starts laughing and you don't necessarily think it's funny, but because they're laughing, you start laughing? And so I begin to laugh because he's just laughing. I mean, and, and Gracie starts laughing and we just had kind of this moment together. You know, powerful things happen when you, when you circle up together. And one of the things that happened was we kind of bonded in that moment. And I'm hoping that Luke's thinking, okay, dad's not all bad, you know, to be able to do this bedtime thing. And so that's what we're talking about today. And what we've been learning is that God created us for relationships and not just, just to, for no reason at all, but he created us for relationships so that we could circle up together and grow. You know, really the two things that God says that we're called to grow in is our relationship with him and our relationship with other people. We've been talking about our mission as a church. Last week, Adam talked about how we're called to gather together for different reasons. And today we're talking about growing. And the truth is, is that we're called to grow specifically in relationships. But the truth is also that we're always growing in different ways. We're, we're growing in knowledge. We're growing in our attitudes. We're growing in you know, our favorite TV show, or we're growing, hopefully, when we go to school in the different subjects, or we're growing in our social status. I mean, we're growing in different ways. But the question isn't whether we're growing or not. The question is, what are we growing in? And today, we want to talk about the most important ways that we're called to grow. Because God's design for you and I today, whether you know this already or not, is to, is to grow is to become more and more like him and more and more like him for the sake of other people. The word grow means to increase in maturity. Can we say that together? To increase in maturity. That's God's plan. And so we're going to talk about that today. And Jesus, he basically laid that out um, in the scripture passage that we're looking at in Matthew. They came to him and said, teacher, what's the most important stuff? You know, we, we have all these ideas and we hear all these things. What's the most important stuff? And here's what Jesus said. The most important stuff is for you and me to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first and most important thing that you do. It's not about making money, tax collectors who were listening um, at that time. It's not about, you know, being popular. It's not about having the most stuff. The most important thing is for you and me to love God first. That's the first relationship circle that we're created for. But then he says, it's not just that. There's another relationship circle that's equally important. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, all the things that you hear, all the law and all the different do's and don'ts that you hear... They really all hang on two things. There's a grade, Jesus says, that we're going to evaluate you by at the end of your life. And it's according to those two things. Did you love me and did you love other people? And that's where we're going today. We were created for relationship circles. Now, if you're teaching your children things, this, is, this needs to be at the top of your list. 
We were created for relationship circles so that we could grow in those relationship circles for the purpose of accomplishing God's plan through those relationship circles. Now let's read that together. We were created for relationship circles so that we could grow in those relationship circles and accomplish his plan in those relationship circles. God wants to be close to us. He wants us to be close to his creation, his people, not just for no reason, but to accomplish a specific purpose of everyone glorifying God. In the Old Testament, there's a group called the Israelites. And if you've not heard that term before, it was God's chosen people, the people that God decided that he was going to start a nation with. And really, the problem with those people is just like any relationship that you might have is there's ups and downs. But the big problem with the Israelites is they kept forgetting their priorities. You know, sometimes we work too much and we kind of forget that our family's there. Or sometimes we, you know, we spend too much time doing one thing and we need to do another thing. And the Israelites would do that. They would put other things other than God ahead of God and that would create problems. And so God calls Moses at some point to pull the Israelites out of Egypt who'd been in Egypt for a while and to call them from Egypt to the promised land. And in the middle of that was this 40-year desert experience where these circle relationships would kind of be tested. The people complained. They complained about not having enough food. They complained about the weather. They complained about the purpose and the mission. Do you work with anybody like that? Or live with someone like that or know someone like that. You don't have to point, but they just complained. You could never please them. There was always something negative going on. And so when they would get in this way, God would kind of remove his spirit from them so that they would realize that he's what makes it go. And so at some point in this story, the Israelites were out in the desert and they were at a place called Rephidim. And the Amalekites, which is another group of people, attacked the Israelites. Imagine if you were living at your house or, you know, you were somewhere and all of a sudden you started getting attacked by someone. Maybe you've had that happen before. But a large group of people. And the Israelites, they weren't growing in relationships at that time. They were growing in fear because of these people that were coming in and getting ready to to kill them and to take over. And so Moses, who was their leader, he understands this. And we're looking at Exodus chapter 17 is where you find this story if you want to go there in your Bibles. But here's what happens. Moses tells Joshua, who was his military leader at the time, hey, choose some men and go out and fight this army. And to ensure that we'll win this battle, I feel like God's calling me to go up and stand on a hill with the same staff that I parted the Red Sea with, and I'm going to hold that staff up. And as I hold that staff up, that's going to give you the power that you need to overcome this enemy. And so that's what happened. Joshua chose some people some men and some people, and they went out and they began to fight this battle. At the same time, Moses is on the hill raising the staff of God. And the Israelites began to win the battle. Now, here was the problem. After a while, Moses' hands grew tired. Just like if you have your hands in the air for a long period of time, they get tired. And he began to drop his hands. And Scripture says that when he would drop his hands, the Amalekites would begin to win. Remember I said that we're created for relationship circles and we need each other. So what I didn't tell you was at the same time that Moses went to the top of the hill to raise the staff, Aaron and Hur went with him. And they saw this issue. 
And so what they did was they sat Moses down on a stone and he could not even lift his hands. And so Aaron and Hur took Moses' hands and he ra- they raised those hands for Moses. And his hands stayed raised till sunset and they were able to overcome the Amalekites. Now, I share that story with you, not to just bore you or, or whatever, but I share that story with you because it kind of fits with relationship circles and specifically with growing. Have you ever had something happen in your life that, that causes you to grow the wrong direction? It causes you to grow in fear or struggle. But someone else comes along or maybe some other people come along and they're able to be there for you um, in the middle of your struggle. And so I want to share with you just three quick things that we can do to grow in our relationship circles and for us to realize that we really need each other. You see, for us to grow the right way in our life, it takes a team. Let's say that together. To grow the right way in life, it takes... You and I, were not hardwired to be hobbits or hermits or whatever by ourselves just doing life by ourselves god created us for relationship to grow in relationship and there are going to be times in our life and some of you can speak to those times where we need each other we need our relationship with god and our relationship with other people and so as we think about that today and we think about this story god wanted the israelites to overcome the Amalekites. But it wasn't just going to be Moses who could accomplish that. It took a team. It took Moses. It took Aaron. It took her. It took Joshua. And it took Joshua's army. And so for us today, if you've been one of those people that you're trying to do everything by yourself because of you being a control freak or because you've been hurt by you know, another team or a different circle of people or family or whatever... I want to tell you today that you were hardwired to be a part of the right team. That's not just church, but the right types of people that will encourage you and lift you up. I went through some hard times as a kid, and there was a a youth pastor here at this church. His name was Mike, and Mike, as I've shared with you many times, he was the right circle for me. He was there for me when I couldn't do it by myself. And we all need those types of people in our lives. Not only do we need the right team, but we have to have trust in the team. Let's read that. To grow the right way in life, it takes... You remember the story we just talked about. Joshua could not control what Moses was doing. Moses couldn't control what Joshua was doing. Aaron and her couldn't control what the army was doing. Everybody had to trust the other person in order to accomplish what it is that they needed to accomplish. Did you know that God calls us to be vulnerable, not comfortable? God calls us to not only be vulnerable with him and allow him to write our story, which is hard because sometimes he wants to write a different story than we want, But he also calls us to trust other people, and sometimes that's difficult to do. He gives us wisdom not to trust someone who could really, really hurt us. But at the same time, he calls us to be vulnerable. 
I think of times in my life where someone shared with me some of their hurts, not just to be vulnerable, but to encourage me. And in our lives, God calls us to trust other people, not just our own self, to accomplish what it is that he wants to accomplish. And as we do that, amazing things can happen. Not only does God call us to be a part of a team in relationship circles, not only does he call us to trust in those team and those people, but he also calls us to grow the right way in life. It takes time. It takes the team time. Let's say that. To grow the right way in life takes the team Remember the scripture we just read. So his hands held steady until sunset. Just because Moses' hands were in the air, just because everybody was doing their role the right way, didn't mean that victory was going to take place instantly. It took time. And sometimes in our lives, we're going to have things happen or happen to other people. And we want God to give us an immediate victory or an immediate answer. And sometimes it takes time. So his hands held steady until sunset. Um, We were part of a small group, you know, the for a while now and our group's been together for quite a while and our group got pretty close and I remember a couple of years ago um, I was battling with just trying to control a situation and deal with something and I remember uh, actually Rob who's in our group saying you know sometimes you can nag someone and it not work sometimes you have to trust the Holy Spirit to do the nagging And because of the trust we developed in that group and the trust that I had in Rob, God spoke to me through that moment. And that's come back to my mind over and over and over. That I can't always do the nagging. It needs to be the Lord that does the nagging. And sometimes it takes time within a group or a circle to be able to develop a trust so that you can encourage and sharpen each other. So the question is, do you have the right team That will help you grow in the right way. Are you putting people around you? I talk to students. Are you putting people around you at school. That are going to help you grow the right way. Because we're all growing. It just depends on which way we're going to grow. Are you putting people around you. That are going to lead you the right way. If we're at work. Are you putting. Surrounding yourselves with people. That are going to encourage you. And support you. And lift you up. Or you have ships around you. To cause you to maybe not be the person that you want to be. Which leads to the next question. Who are you putting your trust in so that you can grow the right way? Maybe yourself or your abilities or someone else's abilities. Or are you putting trust in God? And in the people in your life that love you and care about you? The question is, does God have permission to use you to accomplish his purposes in the lives of other people? There are people all around you and I that you're the person that is called to make a difference in their life. 
But if we're not growing in our relationship with God, we're not going to be motivated to grow in our relationship with other people. Did we, did we catch that? If you're not motivated in your relationship with God and you're not growing in your relationship with God, we're not going to be as motivated to grow in our relationship with other people. And whether we realize this or not, God wants us to love and care for other people. Not just your spouse, not just your kids, not just people that that drive the same kind of vehicles you do and shop at the same kind of grocery stores that you do and have the same kind of checking account that you have and can reciprocate anything that you do for them. He calls us to love those that aren't easy to love. And the only way we can love the unlovable or love the widows and the orphans and those who aren't easy to love is if God's love is in us. See, powerful things happen when we circle up in our relationship with God and we circle up in our relationship with other people. Imagine what would happen if you begin to seek to grow in the right things. The other day we were, Noah and I were sitting at the table and much like your kids, my, our kids are very involved in different activities and a lot of things, which is good. He wants to grow in fielding the baseball. He wants to grow in being able to hit. We're giving him pitching lessons so he can grow in the way that he pitches. We're giving him piano lessons so he can grow and learn in music. He's kind of got an interest in that. Wit spends a lot of nights helping him with math and things because we want him to grow that way. But if that's it, if that's all we're going to focus on, that's what we're going to invest our finances in, that's what we're going to invest our time in, is growing him into somebody who, oh, he's going to quit those things when he turns 18 most likely anyway. That's all we're going to invest in. I said, no, I want you to grow in these ways. I want you to follow your heart and your passions and your interests. But son, the most important thing that you can do to grow is to grow your relationship with God. And to pay attention to the kid at the, at the, in the cafeteria that no one's sitting next to. I want you to grow that way. I want you to grow in your faith. I want you to grow in your vision of who you want to be with, not just if she's pretty or not, not just if she's popular or not. I want you to, I want you to choose that she loves Jesus more than anything else. I want you to grow in that thinking. I want you to grow in understanding and wisdom that when you're persecuted at school, not to hate that person, but I want you to grow in this idea that you're growing in your relationship with God so much that you love that person that's persecuting you because that's what Jesus did. I want you to grow in your ability to realize that the money that you have is money that God gives to you. And he's not just giving you that money for you to keep that money for yourself, but God's calling you to give that money to his kingdom. Noah bought a cow a while back and 
every spring, depending on the price of beef, every time that cow has a calf, he's going to get money. I said, you know where the first part of that money goes, don't you? He goes, yeah, to get me something. I said, no. It goes to God. Not to our church. I mean, obviously our church is where you go and you'll give the money there. It goes to God. What are we growing in? See, we weren't designed to just have abilities for our own good and our own kids' good. We were designed to have abilities and have strengths and have hardships and and good times and all these different things to glorify God and to trust God and be an encouragement to other people. God wants you to grow in the way that you look at your hardships and rather just looking at it as a bad thing that happened to you or being bitter at someone. He not only wants you to forgive that person and get over that, he wants you to grow in such a way that you are so healed because God is allowed you to forgive or to be redeemed and you could go and share that story with someone else who's going through the same thing that you are and be able to say I share this story with you not to not to bring up an old wound but God has redeemed me from this and I want to share this story with you so that maybe it can encourage you we've got some we've got some veteran moms that You could share your story with some young moms and it might help them. We've got some dads who've who've been around the block or two and you've, you've seen the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do. And you could come along somebody who's in the same boat and get over the fact that you messed up and share that story with them and be an encouragement to them. We've got some students who are growing in their walk with God and there's kids you go to school with or you go to class with and they need Jesus and you've got his hope and you're not saying anything. We can't grow this way in relationship with people if we're not letting God grow us. We grow in muscle through getting weak. Muscles break down and then they grow back stronger. That's how you grow. And I would bet that the different times in your life where you have grown, it wasn't through comfort and it wasn't through doing the easy thing. It wasn't through saying the easy thing. It wasn't through just doing the normal stuff. It was through struggle, maybe death or hardships. Can I tell you, God is less concerned about the struggle and hardships and more concerned about his purpose being accomplished through each of us individually and as a group. He wants to grow us. I didn't get to go to El Salvador, but I know some of you did, but I've been on trips like that before about the third or fourth day in where everybody's walls go down and you have this awesome share time that evening people begin to open up and share I've been a youth pastor for ten and a half years and I've been to camp and Thursday night's always the night because the trust level begins to be there and they begin to seek the Lord And that's the night usually people get called to missions or they say they're sorry or they give God their life. 
There's parts of what God wants us to do and be that can't happen sitting in our own house, doing our own things with our own money and our own time. And probably the number one enemy, I'm just sharing my heart, okay? The number one thing that keeps us from building our relationship with God and relationship with people is busyness. We're too busy to grow with God because we've got activities. We're too busy to go meet the neighbor across the street because we've got our own family. But when we start to circle up with God on a regular basis, he puts these burdens on our heart that are peculiar. They don't look like everybody else's burdens. They're unusual, and that's why they stand out. Nobody else is going across the street to give cookies. You are because you're, you're burdened by God. Nobody else is stopping and sitting next to that kid because they'll get made fun of for sitting next to him. But because you're burdened by God, you're able to do that. What would it look like if you said, God, grow me in your love for you and for others? Imagine what would happen. It matters more than you think. Let's stand together. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord, I'm reminded, just getting ready for this message, that we need each other. Father, I pray that you would give us the courage to circle up, join a group, make a phone call, extend an olive branch. Just show your love to people. We give you praise for who you are. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name. One, uh, one last quick story. Uh, in the spring, uh, Noah's school has this like Olympic deal for the kids. And Noah signed up for this 800 deal, which is like a two-lap thing. I said, are you sure about that, man? I don't know if we're, we're long-distance runners and Wit pulled me aside and said, there's several kids like that that signed up for it. Maybe that's not the best thing for them to do. So she wrote this little article about the observation of that. And she, uh, she said that she placed herself on the track where the kids were about ready to die. And if you know my wife, she's pretty vocal. And she just began to scream, you can do it. Keep going. And it gave the kids the ability to at least finish. That's what groups do. That's what coming alongside people do is when they're going through something. Maybe you're not in the race, so it doesn't matter. You don't have a dog in the race, so why do you even need to be there? Sometimes we're part of a group, we're part of a situation, not just to be in the race, but to be cheering somebody else on. And it has nothing to do with you. And as we fall in love with God, we begin to see that more and more clearly. We talked about growing, and next week we're going to talk about going. And I want to share with you a quick thing we're going to do tonight to cheer someone on and to go make a difference. I shared a couple weeks ago that we had this garage sale, if you were here, and 
We had some stuff at the end we didn't want, so we went through it on Facebook, and we had a lady come by and actually know the lady. She knocked on her door and said, hey, do you care if I take that? And I said, no, go for it. She goes, well, I can't lift it in my car. You remember that story? We put it in her car. And what I didn't tell you is she shared with me they're going through some financial situations, and the Lord just impressed upon me that we need to flash mob her. And if you're new to our church tonight, what we do is every once in a while just go and be loved to someone. So tonight at 545, it's going to take about 30 minutes. We're going to meet here at the church, get on a bus, drive to Schlanger Park. There's a lady named Tara that attends our church. She set it up. She told the lady, hey, let's meet at Schlanger Park for pizza. And so Trina, the woman, we're going to flash mob. She has no idea that we're going to show up. And we're going to just flash mob her, and we want you to just come and bring a dollar, $20, $5. We want to bless her. If you want to give her a card, that's great, but she doesn't really need cards. She needs some help. Doesn't go to church. We can show her love through just doing this simple act of kindness. If you absolutely can't go, um, you need to mark it. There's an envelope. You can mark it. You can donate towards it and put cash in the offering boxes. But we'd love for you to be there tonight. What a powerful expression of God's love to circle around here and just say God loves you. So we'd love for you to do that at 545 tonight. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.